Welcome to episode two of the Decades of Dread. This week we are talking the 80s with friend of the show, tattoo extraordinaire, regular guest, Mr. Johnny B. Hazard. Let's get into the show. Yeah, I learned that in the commentary. Mm. <laughs> um, Jim O'Rourke is... So when Landis was um, kind of starting out, he did... I don't want to call it like an internship, but like he, he pretty much shadowed a guy on... Oh, fuck, what movie was it? It was like a World War II film. It was Kelly's Heroes, starring Clint Eastwood, Donald Sutherland, Kelly Savalas. And Jim O'Rourke was like the guy that was like his mentor on that picture. And then he passed away from uh, lung cancer. Mm. So on the set for this film, he had a strict no smoking rule. Landis did? Um, yeah. Oh, because the guy died of lung cancer. Lung cancer. And um, as you know, it was shot in the UK. And let's be real, some of them Brits are like... <laughs> fucking chimneys man mm -hmm. especially in the you know the 80s like i mean you, we get the beginning of the 80s and the end of the 80s with yeah this. exactly both are like well this movie uh american werewolf the first in our double feature is kind of like a oh what did tarantino say recently a paraphrased remake so it's like not a full remake but it's pulling from you know some of the the lore of a previous film and making it its own i think in that episode he talks about dress to kill as a paraphrased remake of psycho dress to kill was um brian de palma it wasn't glenn close in that right no who no. was who was the the killer mm -hmm. well that's spoiling the movie damn it it's michael kane <laughs> michael kane and drag which is uh wonderful. But what about my cocaine? Right, we talked about that. <laughs> Boy, if you think Percocet's gonna stop you up. <laughs> I'm almost done. I'm gonna keep all this in. <laughs> For those of you who don't like the sound of chewing, too bad. I also hate the sound of chewing, but I edited most of it out. You're welcome. Do you own the blob remake or did you have to I owned it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Fantastic. It was like a five dollar copy. Oh, the old DVD version of it? Mm -hmm. yeah. But it has the cover that I prefer. Yes. With the with the all pink one? Yes. With the yeah. with the boy's face getting the you know, the boy. The boy. <laughs> the football player's face getting yeah, melted that's, off. That's the one I had and I just recently upgraded it to Blu-ray. Mm. How was that? How was it a it's got reversible artwork, so it also has the the boy the boy poster design it's good it's got a lot of it's got a lot of stuff in it the commentary i watched was like the director the special effects the head of special effects and oh, fuck. joe lynch was like the moderator filmmaker joe lynch who did um i don't even know what his most famous film would be <laughs> everly maybe it's been a hot minute since you and i have done uh done a recording mm, indeed you getting um now that you've got your own setup in here, have you gotten more comfortable on the mic? Yeah, I love it. Oh, good. I really like this mic too. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, because it looks like a lightsaber. The, it does. <laughs> Hilt. 
a lightsaber hilt. Which, um, hey, this movie, uh, American Werewolf, has a little has a little Star Wars tie-in to it. Yes, it does. Because of old Rick Baker. Six degrees of Rick Baker. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is only it's like half a degree from Rick Baker. <laughs> Yeah, let's kick this. Let's kick this thing off. Should we tell the people who you are? It's in the episode description. Yeah, I mean that's fine. <laughs> you sound so disappointed <laughs> already. <laughs> Just like ah, oh, god damn it. Uh, yeah, we're we're here with uh with Mister with Mister Hazard. Yep, my name's John. I'm a recovering werewolf addict. <laughs> uh, lycanthroholic. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're talking. We're on episode two of our um what I deemed the Decades of Dread, mm. which is our Halloween spooktacular. You gotta cut in with, like, Spooky Castle Thunder. Castle Thunder? Like, yeah. That's, like, the name <laughs> of, like, the file oh, okay. that I have. Oh, got Oh, you have a file. I have a sound file. Wow. Castle Thunder. All right. Also, I came up with the title Decades of Dread um, after editing the first episode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we're, we're talking the 80s. Okay. I was barely alive in the 80s, so I don't really remember much of it. Were you, um, you were mostly dead then? Yeah. I, well, <laughs> pre-dead. Pre-dead. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, uh, you, were, uh, you were preheating. Yeah, just, just, just come in my dad's balls at that <laughs> point. <laughs> And I guess an egg at some point, too. <laughs> I don't really... I don't know how that all works out, but... Um, Eventually, people will be identifying as either the egg or the sperm. Oh, yeah. Like, like that's your new pronoun? Yeah. Is I was egg or I was sperm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was born in 87, so I didn't get to experience, you know, the cocaine <laughs> of the 80s. Um, it was mostly... Uh, you could just feel the the ripples coming off of, of cocaine of the of the decade of the the cocaine ripples. Yeah, in the form of Alf, mostly, <laughs> <laughs> which was primarily fueled by cocaine. Willie, <laughs> yes. So like, yeah, I didn't I didn't get to experience a lot of these movies as they were coming out. You know, I, I mostly experienced the '80s via TV and TV reruns because my parents weren't um, good. At parenting, <laughs> um, so were they? Would you say they were evil? I wouldn't go so far as to say evil. I would say narcissistic. Okay, <laughs> which oh, I don't know. That's getting there. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> so I also didn't really get to experience much of the politics of the eighties. Mm. You know, your your Reaganomics, your uh, your Iran Contras, your oh, the your greatest AIDS hits. epidemics, um, failed war on drugs. Yeah. Hence the cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, like movies are are a reaction to the times. I don't know. It's near impossible to, to make a film that doesn't say something about the time that you're living in. Yeah. Which is just to say, you know, same thing with like American Werewolf and, and The Blob, despite how, I don't know, looking at The Blob, it's, it's a goofy sci-fi film. But I don't know. Maybe The Blob is... <laughs> fucking Reaganomics. We'll figure it out. Maybe. <laughs> we'll fucking figure it out. Could, I could be the the unstoppable uh, thirst of consumerism. Yes. Well, there's also some some shit in it. We'll, we'll get into that nope. one in a minute. Okay. Uh, we're scratching the surface of the 80s um, with two, as I said, kind of remakes or reimaginings. 
during the decade where the slasher was king, we opted to not talk about any slashers today. Because <laughs> that's rote. You know, anyone okay. would think to do uh, a Friday the 13th. Sure. Talking about the 80s. Yeah. And we're not... No. We're not that predictable. No, this podcast started with Halloween 3. I'm a loose cannon, baby. Watch it. I mean... I'm a rebel. A loner. <laughs> I don't want to get it mixed up with a guy like this guy. No, exactly. So so we're kind of focusing on, on two films that are very special effects heavy, though. Yeah. Which, um, boy, is a breath of fresh air in a, in a post-Marvel world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. God, it's so nice to just see a big pile of pink goo just eating the whole town. Yeah. <laughs> I love physical effects. Right. So we're, we're kicking off a little double feature here with American Werewolf in London from 1981, directed by John Landis. And now, preview time. Friday night on the eve of the full moon, a special sneak preview of An American Werewolf in London. From the director of Animal House. A different kind of animal. An American Werewolf in London. Rated R. Check newspapers. Mm -hmm. The nicest manslaughterer I've ever met. That's what I hear. I actually have his phone number. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) True story. (laughs) I have his business card framed. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I had to do some digging on that because I, I oh. remember the story. Oh, yeah. But I didn't know like where it took place in relation to this movie. So it, it happened. after this. It right? was after American yeah. Werewolf. But I was watching American Werewolf with that kind of lens on where I was like, yeah, I was like, this dude feels guilty. <laughs> but no, he just presaged his own, yeah. his own murderous rampage. Well... <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it a murderous rampage. Okay, that's a little bit. He's not much. a school shooter. He's just very neglectful and got some people killed. Yes. Um, and refuses to take any responsibility. Uh, yeah, that part is that part is also true. Mm-hmm. First time I met him, he was in, it was at a horror convention. I think it was a horror hound. I think they were both at horror hounds. He was in his own separate room oh. signing, mostly just because a lot of people were going to be there for him. So they were like, you know, keep the, the foot traffic going through here. Yeah. But they had people, like volunteers, going through the line, vetting any Twilight Zone stuff for him to sign. And a dude had a full original one sheet of Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. And they were like, not going to do it. Can't bring it in. Oh, wow. We'll hold on to it and you can get it on on your way out. But yeah, he is not signing anything Twilight Zone. Wow. Yeah. It's that, that deep. Yeah. Oh, shit. On the flip side, yeah, uh, he was signing for free for that show. Okay, okay, um, taking donations for Planned Parenthood. So like, so yeah, he's kind of a monster. But <laughs> <laughs> now, do you know anything about his son Max? His son Max is a real piece of shit. He's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I've uh, heard him on. I originally heard him on a Nerdist podcast. Oh. Yeah, it's a real bummer because it felt like like early on during his like little little run, he had potential. Yeah, like um, I mean they're both creative as hell. Yeah, yeah, they're what's both super talented? What was that movie that he wrote? Uh, I think he did uh, Brightburn or 
think you're making that up. <laughs> it was a superhero movie. It was, a, it was the found footage one. Chronicle? Yes. Yes, he wrote that, which is, like, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I I'm, think I'm doing the thing now that my father used to do, where he I would just mix up. Yeah, dude, you're 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 going into your Twilight Boomer years. I'm fucking up. <laughs> That's okay. It's just like talking to Carly. <laughs> <laughs> just making shit up, and then I have to fact check all of it on the fly. <laughs> well, we're just keeping with tradition. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but turns out you know Mac Landis allegedly um, not good to women. No. <laughs> Very yeah. gaslighty. Yes. And, and which I guess in the grand scheme of things is, you know, much nicer than what his dad did, mm-hmm. which is, you know, mm-hmm. kill two children and famed uh character actor Vic Morrow. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Vic. Yeah, his daughter is Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And she she won like some kind of big settlement from it. Yeah. And then started her movie career. Yeah. <laughs> Or it may have been started already. I don't know. Um, you don't have to fact check everything now. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I believe, was their first film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was around the same time. Great fucking movie. That's the early 80s. Yeah. See, oh, sorry. Same I mall was... from Chopping Mall. Oh, really? Yes. Hmm. Previous episode. Listen to Chopping Mall. <laughs> <laughs> check it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was born in 78, so... Same year as Halloween. Yeah. You were born the same year as Michael Myers. <laughs> I, I've... I've got a secret to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Hate my sister. <laughs> uh, but so, like, yeah, I, I've, I experienced the 80s in a very childlike way. Yeah. Um, so in a weird way, I'm, all, I'm, I'm a child of the 80s and the 90s. I was um, born in 87, so yep. barely had, had the 80s and mostly the 90s. But And then, you know, 2000 rolls around and then everybody grows up. Everybody. <laughs> Especially after... Oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's just kick off our 80s horror talk with uh, 9-11. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> That'll really draw the kids in. <laughs> Look, I, I already got into this in the 70s episode that I'm I'm firmly planted that the release of Shrek was the beginning of the worst timeline. I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Chase had a hard time believing this, but... <laughs> I only speak the truth. Frank Oz's only scene is coming up right here. It's right there. This guy. Technically, not his only scene. Oh. Because there are some Muppets later. Okay. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) You got me. Yeah. Yeah, so I watched American Werewolf last night with the Paul Davis commentary. Okay. Which I I assume would have been better than the Griffin Dunn, David Naughton episode. Because, like... Usually commentary tracks that are with actors are usually just like, boy, it was real cold that night. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, cool. Thanks, man. That Thank really gives me some insight into the filming process. Good, good job, knuckleheads. <laughs> um, Paul Davis wrote the, he wrote like a companion book called Beware the Moon. And he did the the documentary that's on this disc also called Beware the Moon. I don't know if you watched that at all. And did he have a direct part in the film itself? No, he's just like a film scholar for, okay. the, for this film in particular okay i actually was at the premiere for the beware the moon hmm. uh documentary i need to check that out it's really good uh he goes to, like all the filming locations finds a bunch of the the actors like you know current day track down the original uh slaughtered lamb 
<laughs> location, which it looks the exact same as it did even, you know, back then. Good old England. Yeah, right. So that dude was like chock-a-block full of trivia. So that was that was a good listen. Highly recommend. Let's see. We got let's talk let's talk special effects on this real quick here. Uh, yeah, Rick Baker. Rick old old Ricky B. <laughs> who started out you know about you know about the the howling situation that, that he had with Jodante? I <laughs> I do not know about this Jodante. So he he had a very busy uh 1981. Because the howling came out the same year. Howling came out the same year. The fun house came out this year, which he did the effects for. Um Ghost Story and this all came out in 81. And Good he worked Lord. on all four of those films. So he did a lot of the design for the werewolf uh, effects in the howling. Mm. But as Joe Dante was starting that film, Landis then started this film and Rick Baker had a handshake agreement of like, cause this script had been kicking around since Landis wrote it when he was 18 years old. Yeah. And, and I think he's always, he had always been working on it in one way or another. And, you know, once he, met Rick Baker on his first film Schlock um which is a it's a comedy about a you know rampaging monkey oh okay yeah i know <laughs> and Rick Baker played the the monkey okay um and made the suit for it um he had a handshake agreement of like if you ever get american werewolf going mm-hmm. i will drop anything to 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 work on that work on a and werewolf he just movie. so happened to be working on the howling at the time and had to be like Okay, I'm going to leave Rob. I'm going to leave my good buddy Rob Botin here. He's going to do your effects for the howling. I got to go work for Landis. It's like, you guys are fine. You're in the hands of the boat monster. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was, I think that was Rob Botin's first, first film. And, you know, then he went on to do the thing. So, like, he's just as good as, as Rick Baker. Yeah, the werewolf in uh, the howling is, I mean, yeah, probably I, right up there with. I prefer this transformation. Sure in American Werewolf over the Howling. Mm-hmm. Howling has a lot of, like, bladders and shit. And yeah. It's just like, this looks painful Yes, in American Werewolf. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Plot crunch for American Werewolf here. You're just gonna, you're just gonna crunch it out? Yeah, we're just gonna get in there. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna bop it. We're gonna flick it. We're gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh my. We're gonna crunch it. Uh, can I just say... Please do. That... When I was a kid, I wanted nothing more than to be a werewolf. Than to be a werewolf. <laughs> How did I know that's what that sentence was going to be? <laughs> now, little did I know yeah. that I would grow up to be the world's hairiest man. Except uh, for the top of my head. Yeah, the irony. In a way, I got my wish. God, I'd kill for some hair. <laughs> <laughs> even if I could just... My hair, facial hair, just grows in all white trash like this. I don't even have to work on this. <laughs> It just looks all stupid like that. Great genetics. Goes great with the hat. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I can also blame my father for the genetics and the alcoholism. <laughs> um, so American Werewolf. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, we get the, the story of two American tourists, David and Jack, backpass, backpacking across uh, the English countryside. Griffin Dunn, David Naughton, respectively. Um, Griffin Dunn, in particular, is like... So goddamn charming in this film, he, even as a corpse. He really is. <laughs> he really is. This was his first film, too. Uh, you want to be his friend. Yeah. Even as a even even as a zombie. As he's decomposing in front yeah. of your eyes. Have you ever seen Scorsese's After Hours? No. 
but and he's I the lead in it. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah. I've never. It's was that like early seven or late seventies? I think it was eighties. It had to be eighties because that movie is fueled by cocaine. <laughs> like okay, and by that I mean Scorsese was high on cocaine yeah. when he made it. It's it's like um it's kind of one of my favorite subgenres in film that there aren't a ton of anymore. The um one crazy night subgenre. Yeah. So it's just Griffin Dunn, just like. Yeah, trying to figure some shit out in in one night. Now I've seen Bringing Out the Dead, which is the same. Oh yeah, same kind of setup. Not as much cocaine. Well, I mean, Nick maybe Cage. Nick Cage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's the human equivalent of cocaine. That is true. I am a walking brick of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> so after stopping off at at a particularly spooky pub, mm-hmm. uh, the Slaughtered Lamb, they find themselves on the moors. Beware the, the moon. moors. <laughs> Stay off the moors. I literally wrote the quote. I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> uh, the two are attacked by a wolf. Can you see anything? No. Sounds far away. Not far enough. Come on. Attack. What? Where are we going? I don't know. I'll tell you when we get there. Okay, because... Oh! Oh! You really scared me, you shithead. You couldn't help me up for what? Jack is mauled to death. David suffers some, uh, just some light scratches yeah. to the face and chest, I guess. Wakes up in a hospital. Um, he and I both instantly fall in love with nurse Jinnia gutter <laughs> um, she's the kind of lady that just makes you want to run naked through the woods god you're, you're not wrong also she, she cuts up his steak for him like i love this woman i was watching the scene didn't remember it and i was wondering if she was going to do like airplane sounds as it went they don't have airplanes in the uk because everybody can fly mary poppins yeah you knew this okay <laughs> I think that's an old uh mr show bit where he's like <laughs> you cannot fly only british people can fly you shouldn't try to fly and you shouldn't listen to british people <laughs> <laughs> that's why they had to invent radar this is true <laughs> after release from the hospital he moves in with her just moving right along that's a muppet movie reference <laughs> <laughs> And then he uh, slowly starts to succumb to the beast. Mm-hmm. Fucking metal, dude. <laughs> Keeps blacking out, having weird-ass dreams. Wakes up in the zoo at one point. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Jack's been slowly showing up, slowly decomposing yep. with every uh, appearance. Just constantly telling David, like, you should probably just kill yourself, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the best of friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then we pretty much we're we're at the we're at the transformation scene already. <laughs> I don't know what you can say about the transformation that hasn't been said before. It's it's visceral. It feels painful. Um, it's very sudden. Like he's is. just sitting it there, is. and all of a sudden, he, I mean, it, it he starts screaming. It intercuts from a montage. Yeah, like he's walking around the house. Yep. And then you go from the song changes, and then he's bad moon rising, and then he's on fire. Yeah, and he has to strip. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, the use of Bad Moon Rising uh, fucking rules, by the way. All of the music in the film 
is perfectly yeah, picked. Yeah, um, all of the songs have moon in, in the title or in the lyrics, mm-hmm. to which um, in an interview, John Landis said that that's just that's just some bullshit that an 18-year-old would write. Yeah. <laughs> and he's not wrong, but it works. But it, yeah, no, like, I, like if you're going to do that, just like lean in 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. After the transformation, Werewolf David goes on a killing spree. The best of which is the the businessman in the tube. Yeah. Michael Carter, who went on to play Bib Fortuna in uh, oh, Jedi. Really? Had no idea. Yeah, that's another Star Wars connection to this film. Um, next day, Jack shows up in a porno theater uh, with all the victims and they plead him to kill himself. David transforms again and destroys Piccadilly Circus, dying in the process. Mm-hmm. And then we get blah 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 bang blah, bang big blah, blah, blue moon blue 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 moon it 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 Paul Davis tells a wonderful story. I think that was it was John Landis's story that he that he retells on on the commentary about Eddie Murphy going to take a date to see American Werewolf in London. Yeah, and his date was like like once the movie ends because it just cuts to black. Um, yeah. once the movie ends, Eddie Murphy's date was like, what do we do? Like, what? Are, it's just over? Like, yeah. it's done? Yeah. And Eddie Murphy said, yeah, it's telling us it's time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was the, uh, the main, uh, criticism from Ebert's review on this movie. Oh, it? well, he's full of shit. <laughs> he's, he gave it like two out of five stars or something okay. like that, which he's just dumb. The guy's dumb. He is dumb. I mean, he did only write porno films, so like <laughs> you would think you would think the porno in American Werewolf in London yeah, would right? have gotten an Originally, extra star. In the script, that was supposed to be a um cartoon theater. Oh. So when Landis did his initial scouting, that particular theater was a cartoon theater. Because mm. they used to have cartoon theaters in Piccadilly where you would just drop off your kids and like go shopping and shit right next to the adult theaters. <laughs> well, it took him so long that by the time he went back, all the cartoon theaters were porno ah. theaters. So in his script, David transforms in a cartoon theater, which means it's filled with children, which means David oh my. mauled a bunch of children to death in the original script. Wow. Yeah. That's that's even. It's I mean, fucking dark. The movie's dark already. <laughs> yeah, and that would made it, it. I can't imagine it being darker than it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Speaking of dark, hey, we're at that scene where he has the nightmare about the uh, yeah the Nazi werewolves going from Muppets to Nazi werewolves. Yeah, was this the first time in a film where there was there's like the double wake up from a nightmare? <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably because I remember. All right, so the. The first time I consciously remember watching this movie was with a buddy in high school. Yeah, it's a good time for it. And the flashback scene, specifically that one, that one is um, the the living room that it's taking place in was it was fucking weird because I'm sitting in my buddy's house. Yeah, and the living room in the movie was very close to the living room uh. I was sitting in in my buddy's house. <laughs> And then the double nightmare wake up happens. Yeah. And like, this is before I've done any drugs in my life. <laughs> and I'm already like, what the fuck is reality? Yeah. What is going on right now? You're like, man, if this is if this is what it's like without drugs, <laughs> I can only imagine what it's like with them. I didn't really need to do any. We none of us did. <laughs> <laughs> Some people do, but mm. this version of Jack in the hospital when he first shows up is my is my favorite version of 
of Jack because he has the little, he's got that little stringy bit hanging off, <laughs> which was unintentional. Was it? Yeah, yeah. It just loosened up the latex because before he went on camera, Rick Baker sprayed him down with like water and like blood. It looks great. Oh God, it's so great. I cannot. It's perfect. I can't stop looking at that little dangly bit. Yeah. I think there was a uh, a, a cut where, or maybe it was just a, a version of the script where he's eating. And oh like yeah, they coming, talk about that coming the, out of his throat or yeah. something like that. They talk about that in the doesn't in the commentary. It, doesn't make it down the esophagus. Yeah, yeah, it actually chewed food comes out of his throat i think they shot it and ended up cutting it because it oh, didn't flow well because mm. jack is more comedic part of this yeah and uh to have something that disgusting would probably turn you off from him yeah there's i mean he's already shocking to look at there's already like a, a solid juxtaposition of his personality and the gore yeah i don't know i want to hug him i think he's great <laughs> <laughs> he's my buddy he was really pissed about the the puppet in the in the porno theater because this was his first film and that's like a third of his scenes are the, taken over by a puppet oh that's not okay yeah yeah it, so to like i mean appease him they were like you can control the puppet <laughs> <laughs> and i mean he's doing the voice work of it yeah it's his voice yeah i mean he's doing the uh he's doing uh the fucking guy who played the fucking thing in the fucking lord of the rings <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, you know, the, nah, dude, you're talking to a guy that does not give a shit about Lord oh, of the Rings. <laughs> uh, uh, you, Gollum. Gollum. Hell yeah. Nailed it. it. First yes, try. There it is. And whoever that actor, Andy Serkis, he's, Andy, he's doing an Andy Serkis before yeah, Andy Serkis. A, a proto Andy Serkis. There it is. In Piccadilly Circus. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I need, um, I need a nap. Well, it's, it's only 1 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> uh there was a sequel written by landis hmm. um that was going to follow nurse alex um because she gets scratched by the werewolf at the end of this film ah. and then she was going to be the next werewolf and dr hirsch was going to be like taking care of her mm -hmm. like she becomes a recluse and every full moon dr hirsch has to like chain her like lock her up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so her and name is alex not nurse hoo-ha like i have in my notes <laughs> yes her name is alex okay <laughs> look i didn't know her name was alex until i looked it up most of mine she's just nurse jenny a gutter <laughs> um, but but the interesting thing was um she was going to be like haunted by the corpses of jack and david oh man that could be really good yeah i would have loved to see it but unfortunately the what is it, Polygram, who put this out? Uh, the company got folded into another company, and the yeah. script just fell to the wayside. And then it reverted to, like, TriStar or yeah, something like that? Yeah, Rick Baker built his crew out of fans. Huh. Um, the same way he got his Exorcist gig. It's like Rick Baker was a fan of Dick Smith, sent him, like, letters, and tried to, like, learn the craft from Dick Smith, and eventually when Smith got The Exorcist, he was like, Rick, you just want to give me a hand on this thing? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he was like his understudy. And then when Rick Baker got this, he he remembered all the all the people coming up to him at like conventions and stuff that were like, here's my portfolio. Nice. And he was like, dope. Yeah, you guys want to just come help me on, on American Werewolf? And like Steve Johnson was part of the crew on this who did... Um, you know, your best friend, uh, Slimer. He created Slimer. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the effects for Fright Night. Addendum. Mm. 
to our Ghostbusters episode, actually, that Indeed. I just learned. Okay. Um, and I didn't know if you knew this. The the ending of Fright Night, when Jerry Dandridge gets, like, stuck to the wall in okay. his bat form, and it's like a big bat skeleton, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, catching on fire. Yeah. That is literally the exact same. They just took the the librarian from Ghostbusters, dressed it up as a giant bat. Wow. And lit it on fire. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, it's it, the face, the long, the long face in it. It totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. For more Ghostbusters, listen to our Ghostbusters episode. <laughs> it's a big one. Holy shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got I got a Ghostbusters piece of trivia for please, you. Please. Okay. So this is the eighties. Yeah. This all fits. It works. <laughs> The okay. name Gozer. Yeah. The Gozerian? The Gozerian. Gozer the Gozerian. <laughs> yes. Was um it came from um Dan Aykroyd, one of the one of the writers. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, one of the writers. One of the writers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Along with Harold Ramis. Yeah. Um, but no, he, he found that name. It was an upstate New York. I don't know if it was used car oh, lot or yeah. if it was like brand new, but it was a it was a car dealership. Gozer's used Hondas. Yeah. <laughs> but it yeah. And I've I've gone looking for it on Google Maps like a like an old person. <laughs> like an old. Like an old. And I, mean, uh, I haven't tracked it down. That'd be kind of cool to make a t shirt that's like Gozer's used cars. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then it's like a deep cut that mm-hmm. no one knows about except for you and me. And it could be where they got, you know, like the uh the hearse from or Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Their ultimate downfall. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, right? Sexy times oh, on yeah, the TV. Oh, yeah, the tub here with, uh, what was that, Van Morrison playing? Oh, yeah, Moondance. <laughs> Van Morrison's, like, okay, he kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely, I mean, I've heard his songs more He's than like I He's like easy listening to. dad rock. Yeah. 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 No one's going to get excited about Van Morrison. <laughs> Hold on, Except for uh, Gloria, that song fucking rules. <laughs> But I don't think he wrote that. I think that was a cover. Um, our second feature in the 80s, we're hopping all the way to 1988. Oh, is, shit. I know, right? Oh, God. You got more about American Werewolf? Oh, my God, dude. Please do. I've got so much. Yeah, do it. Lay it on me, brother. All right, I'll try and make it quick. All right. Yeah, just give me a bulleted list of trivial <laughs> facts. It, it gets a seven and a half on IMDb. Fuck IMDb. Fuck IMDb. <laughs> Fuck Rotten Tomatoes. It's all owned by Jeff Bezos, dude. It fucking sucks. Even though Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 89%, it, it, fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Doesn't that pretty much correlate to a 7.5? Close. Yeah. Uh, Letterbox 3.8 ah. out of 5. Yeah. What did I give it? It's probably a fiver, right? That's gotta be a fiver. <laughs> fiver goes west. They're Jewish mice in that film. <laughs> <laughs> And he Easy. goes to the Old West. Easy there, buddy. Easy. I didn't put any stank on Jewish. Don't okay. talk to me like okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't look Druish. <laughs> uh, so here's a question for the audience. Did Werewolves of London, written by Warren Zevon, come out before or after this movie in 1981? I believe it came out before. I have no idea. I'm <laughs> you say, didn't even look it up. No, that's for the audience. That. that is straight up listener participation. Oh, okay. While right they're there. driving in their car, they're going to be like, yeah. before. Yeah, <laughs> we'll hear it. We'll hear it in spirit. Um, I believe the the studio wanted him to use that song during the transformation scene, and uh, Landis shot it down as being too on the nose. Too on the nose. Yeah, 
Plus, it's like it's really co- comedic. It's there's a lot of interesting scenes that happen in that song that yeah. don't match up with the movie either. No, and and having like a slower uh, song during that transformation scene, like yeah, it was uh, Sam Cooke's yeah Blue, Blue Moon. Moon. Yeah, the score is by Elmer Bernstein. Another Ghostbusters connection. Yes, yes. Um, I want to know another audience participation question. <laughs> okay, what did Bernstein do the score for the porno film inside the film. <laughs> oh, see you next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I don't know. These are all like pretty good trivia questions. Yeah, actually. these are these are great questions. I want to say that was one of the the last things they shot was the, the I theater. Just, I just get a kick out of picturing Elmer Bernstein right <laughs> kicking out a wah wah pedal. <laughs> yes, and just yeah. getting funky with it. Right. Yeah, I'd watch that. I'd buy that for a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Certainly. Ah! <laughs> uh, Rick Baker won the first Academy Award for Best Makeup. This is true. For this movie? For this movie. He had a lot of shots. What with doing four films in one in year. One year. But, uh, Something was about yeah. was bound right? to, to, to land. Fucking good on him, man. Maybe my favorite line in the film was from Frank Oz. When he says, these dumbass kids, they never appreciate anything you do for them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because he's like an American uh, delegate or some shit, right? Yep. Yeah. But it's also, yeah, the wink and the nod that he's, you know, one half of Bert and Ernie. And right, right. <laughs> he's well, like, the, these dumbass kids The <laughs> don't appreciate shit. The thing Landis said about that was he, he said, um, you know it's never good when, when Fozzie Bear is giving you bad news. <laughs> <laughs> It's no, it's never good. Time. Yeah. Also, uh, Frank Oz was very appreciative because Landis would use him in little small roles like throughout his career. Oz was very appreciative because he went on to direct films as well. And he was like, oh, this like it, it trained him to how to talk to actors. Yeah. And like how that process works. Yeah. Because he did Little Shop of Horrors. So he just ended up yelling at everyone. Is that what he learned from Landis? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Mostly. Okay. Yeah. There's a point where David tells Nurse Hoo-ha <laughs> yes. that he's a werewolf. Yeah. I'm a werewolf. <laughs> Have you ever had the opportunity to tell somebody in earnest that you're a werewolf? No, but one time I took a piss next to David Naughton. <laughs> <laughs> and does he piss like a wolf? <laughs> um, yeah, I was tempted to look over and say, I'm a pepper too. <laughs> but... <laughs> But I didn't think that that was the time or the place. So I have. But I have seen that dude's dick a lot. You see it. <laughs> in real life. You see it in the film quite a bit. And in movies. It's on full display. Yeah. After the zoo, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I was I was at a Stephen Wright. Great dick, by the way. <laughs> Can we what? just call this episode Great Dick? Yeah. Okay. Decades of Dread, the 80s. Great dick. Great dick. <laughs> See you next Wednesday. Yeah. No, I was Stephen at a Wright. Stephen Wright concert with a buddy of mine. Yeah. And I was still not quite in my right mind. And I was telepathically sending jokes the whole show to Stephen Wright. Did he know this? He, I mean, I assumed he did. Yeah, because he was using them? He was killing. <laughs> he was doing great. Which in turn means you were killing. That's right. Yeah. I, I'm a, kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I... I so, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Honk honk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's definitely gonna. That's definitely gonna clip. 
And actually, it's got a nice like reverberation mm. in the back of the room. Nice. Uh, no, no. I one I t- at one point I turned to my buddy and I was like, "Buddy, <laughs> I'm a werewolf." Yeah, and werewolf. I'm a werewolf. <laughs> and he he looked at me and he just didn't say anything. And then I said, "I think I might be gay." <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, Never Moon, a gay werewolf, is that is the, ah. the moral of the story. Ah. Uh, that's a terrible way to end that story. That story actually happened, and I ended up in an emergency room with a catheter in my dick. <laughs> I think that's the best part of the story. <laughs> and you know what? We're going to leave that to the audience to just kind of do with that what you connect will. the dots. There you go. From a uh, gay werewolf to catheter in your dick. <laughs> oh. I had to pee at one point. Yeah. <laughs> like and most of us do. After the show. Yeah. And the ever, like everybody did after the show, and I saw how many people were in that bathroom. I'm mm. like, fuck that. I'm a werewolf. Yeah. I don't go in there to go pee. Right. I'm going in my pants. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I get to the emergency room, oh. and they're like, can we get a urine sample? And I said, I can't give you a urine sample. I already went in my pants. Yeah. They could have just wrung out your pants. They could have. I don't know. Who knows what else was in there? In your pants? Yeah, all kinds of samples. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, then you end up with a catheter in your in your schlong. nurse hoo ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, your your night is ruined at that point. You might as well be a werewolf. Yeah. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. Of Thank your you. pants. I'm sure they had to throw those away. My mother shows up. Oh. (laughs) First thing I say to her, I look her dead in the eye. I say, I have a tube in my dick. Yeah. There you go. Wow. Anyway. To have a mother. Moving on. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what the fuck just happened. (laughs) I don't. I don't either. None of that was written down here. Yeah. Oh. Why were you looking at your phone the whole time? (laughs) I'm just trying to keep my place. Just trying not to keep eye contact with you. Oh, God. Oh, it feels good to laugh again. <laughs> oh, boy. What happened? I don't know. Never had a catheter put in. You're a lucky man. Yeah. I mean, this is my first broken bone down here on my on my foot. Oh, man. Yeah. Congratulations. Had my first stitches this year. It's been a lot of firsts this year. We're only wearing one ska shoe today. Yeah. Where's the other shoe? You can't skank when you got a broken toe, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is it, please tell me it's at home on like on a shelf on display. Uh, no, I don't. Do I look like the type of guy that has like dressers and shelves? <laughs> you do for the DVDs. So. I have various piles. There's varying degrees of clean, sir. Okay. <laughs> I see. So yeah. it's a highly yeah. evolved system. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, no, I just got a pile of shoes by the, by the door. This this doesn't this is apropos of nothing, but I, I just, and the last one was <laughs> was totally connected. You know it. This is this is. I'm sorry, we're off the rails. Oh but God, I love it. I we'll hate get those back rails. To it. Fuck those rails. I just want Harry Carey to to come in during the sex scene in the shower to just mm. like narrate the uh, the the hot werewolf on nurse <laughs> copulation. Yeah, that's that's whatever. Okay. Well, if the moon were made of cheese, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we all know it's not made of cheese. <laughs> what if it was made out of barbecue spare ribs? Would oh, you eat it then? Oh God, I would. 
Let me see if there's you know what's interesting about here. that sex scene is that they were doing the hanky panky in the shower, which first and foremost is never as fun as as they make it look like on on film. No, Second dangerous. of all, dangerous. It is. It's a young person's game. It really is. And uh, you know, afterwards, which I'm assuming they didn't finish because they did take it to the bedroom, but that did mean they had to get out of the shower, dry off, and then be like, "You want to continue this?" <laughs> which I feel like would really kind of let a lot of the steam out of the whole situation. Or they were just in the bed so long they just let the sheets dry them off like oh. like a couple of animals. So you think they got in bed sopping wet? Sopping. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. That that in England that's called a, a cold tea. <laughs> <laughs> Our afternoon cold tea. <laughs> we didn't mention Rick Mayall shows up in this. Who the fuck? <laughs> Drop dead Fred, brother. Oh, really? Yeah. Where? When? Um he's in the, the bar. Why? He's sitting right across the from the guy who tells the the Alamo joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's also in the Young Ones. If you watched any is, of that series, that's not him. Is that's it? not him at all. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first attack after the transformation is. Um, I just like that the couple is. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna pop around back and give Sean a scare. <laughs> yes. And the woman's yeah. like, oh, you're crazy, Harry. What will you think of next? Popping around back like you are. Also, when they're corpses, they are so nice. <laughs> like, oh, hi, kill yourself. Thank you. Yeah, well, I mean, they're like, I think one of them's like, you could use you could use a rope. And then Jack's like, I don't know, you could screw it up and, you know, you could really hurt yourself. And then the other, like, the the, the couple are like, yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. We don't want you to hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a gun, then. Or a knife. That's right. Gun, knife, they'll do the job. Ah, gun, knife. <laughs> cool, just like the Punisher. <laughs> there's a there's an issue of the Punisher where he has a gun that shoots swords. <laughs> Is there really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Extra punishment. Yeah. Let's see. Couple another couple other fa- lines that I really enjoyed. Ooh, which please. Was, uh, a naked man stole my balloons. Yeah. I like that. That's nice. And then he's standing naked, well, having stolen the woman's coat at the yeah at the bus stop. And, yeah. And a lot of weather we've been having lately. <laughs> right. That's, um, a, that's a good one to keep in your back pocket. I want to say international posters use use that that image of of him in the in the coat. Really? Yeah. It's. It's a weird poster. That's um, highly specific. Yeah, for international. <laughs> yeah, it makes it look more like a comedy than it than it really is. <laughs> but at the same time, the um, the U.S. poster of the two of them with the moon behind them in the clouds, like yeah, I don't really like that poster either. It doesn't. No, it it it. Well, it tells you that it's a different type of movie. Like if you're in a blockbuster going along the <laughs> right the horror wall, <laughs> right, you look at that and you're just like, this doesn't line up with anything else on this wall. No. There's a really good poster of, um, but it's like a cat. I don't know why the fuck it's a cat. Mm. <laughs> um, it's a black and it's a black poster with you know white lettering, and it's just a weird cat drawing. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it, take it even darker, please. So they talked about all the ways to kill themselves. Yeah. If you were a werewolf, which way would you go out? What are the lines from Monster Squad where he's like, <laughs> two ways to kill a werewolf. Silver bullet? And? That's it. Shoot him with a silver bullet. Nope. Sorry, Rudy. <laughs> okay, so what's the other way? What? Second way to kill a werewolf. Um, car crash? Accident with power tools? Old age? Falling out of a window? Onto a bomb? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, 
not being a werewolf, I've always had the mindset that if I'm ever going to go out, I'm, I I thought it would be great if I, um, as a mere mortal, which I guess you could kill yourself, you know, not in a full moon, right? Yeah. And then you would die. I would think so. Because, like, you can just, like, I mean, you didn't need silver bullets in this movie. You just no. need to get shot. Yeah. Um, so I, I always thought it would be great if you could just fold up a Frisbee and shove it in your mouth. <laughs> just balloon out in your, in your esophagus, you know? Just, uh, try and swallow an entire yeah, pizza? Yeah, a whole Frisbee. Oh. Yeah, a whole Frisbee. Okay. Hey, Frisbee, far out. <laughs> um, or possibly just eating an entire bathtub of baked beans. <laughs> I think these would be great ways to die. <laughs> You know, like the cover of that Who album. (laughs) (laughs) Baked beans. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Roger Daltrey got uh, hypothermia from sitting in that tub of baked beans, by the way. (laughs) Do you, uh, you know, you only need a can opener to open up a can of baked beans. (laughs) Yeah. You want to know how much a can opener is? How much? 50 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) What a lavish lifestyle you live. Did you know that Max Landis was like has been slated to do a remake of American Werewolf in London? Oh God! How's that make you feel? <sighs> makes me makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's ever going to happen because he can't be trusted around women. <laughs> no, I, I think he needs to be allegedly. In, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> can't have him coming after me. I think he needs to be in therapy for the rest of his life. Well, maybe. <laughs> I've heard the same thing about myself. How do you feel about this poster? It looks like a cat. Yeah, it does look like a cat. And uh, it's, yeah. I don't. I mean. The marketing team on this film is mm. just bullshit. Mm. <laughs> um, so in the in the, the Piccadilly Circus yeah. melee. They could only um, shut the, the area down for like two minutes at a time. Right, to let traffic through. Yeah. It was the only, only filming there that had been done, at least in that decade. Yeah, um, I forget who the producer was, but when Landis was, like, putting his crew together, he hired the guy that became the producer on this just because he was like, so what about that Piccadilly scene? Mm. And the, the, the dude was like, yeah, we can get it done. And he was like, you're fucking hired. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're my no guy. logistics, didn't know how to do it, but he was like, everybody else said it couldn't be done. You're my guy. You're my man. Uh, so a guy's head gets ripped off. One of the cops or inspector's heads gets just ripped off. Yeah, just clean, clean ripped off. Another another foreshadowing to the Twilight Zone movie. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> There's others I haven't mentioned. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Mostly about decapitations. At one point, somebody kicks a can. That happens in that movie. <laughs> um. <laughs> it's all adding up. No, the Piccadilly Circus was like, it's it's it goes into mayhem like from zero to a hundred. Oh, that's the poster I'm talking about. That is. Um, so it's a guy that isn't David Naughton, <laughs> standing in a queue with the red with the red jacket, and one of his legs is Wolfie. If you took the the text off of that, I would, and I, and you just showed it to me real quick. Yeah. I would guess that that was the poster for Tootsie. Oh, fair, yeah. fair guess. Mm-hmm. I like that it's just called American Werewolf. I'm into that. This is a German poster, by the way. (laughs) Via German. Of American Werewolf. (laughs) 
Uh, I so bet yeah. they didn't like that Nazi scene in Germany. Nine. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Piccadilly Circus is an actual circus. No, shut up. <laughs> it's cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. I like that the British SWAT team is, they show up, they haven't used their guns in so long that they have to hand load their clips. Um, then, um, if only they had guns that could shoot like nightsticks or swords. <laughs> if, if only. Yeah. Uh, the car crashes and the fatalities just are off the chain, like just nonstop people flying one out. One dude of, flies out of a windshield and then gets run over by another car. Every like there's one accident and then every bl- Brit in the in the I mean, area loses their ability to control a car. Well, that's just the Brits, you know, <laughs> they drive on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> How could they keep that shit together? I'd be very confused myself. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys uh, that goes through the plate glass window, that's that's John Landis. <laughs> He's the one with the the bandana around his head. Oh, he's yeah. going full Rambo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this isn't a um, a criticism, <laughs> but I actually like this. Okay, it's going to sound like a criticism, but like so many of the shots of the werewolf, it just comes in directly from the side. Yeah, and it's just the head. You don't see the claws. Well, I mean, you know why though. Well, yeah, it's but it it reminds me of the old SNL sketch where. Um, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's Jaws, but he's like posing as like, uh, he's knocking on the door and he's like, he's like, who is it? Mrs. Robin Who is it? Plumber. <laughs> plumber? I didn't ask for a plumber. Who is it? Telegram. Oh, telegram, just a moment. Comes in from the side and eats the person (laughs) through the door. Yes. And that's what the werewolf head reminds me of. And I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so like logistically the werewolf is like a wheelbarrow kind of puppet <laughs> yeah you know yeah so you have two you have a guy moving the back legs with like rods mm-hmm. and i think it's an actual like person wheelbarrow like walking with their hands okay, okay. um that's why you never see like the back of the werewolf yeah like when it's creeping down on the subway from that that's the best shot in the whole fucking movie i love that shot because it cuts like right when the werewolf gets into frame it is so good and then it murders bib fortuna (laughs) 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 who is a disgusting twi'lek and he deserves everything that came to him (laughs) if he had died then we wouldn't have gotten uh book of boba fett which is a which is a great world to live in because that series was hot hot garbage Never watched it. Yeah, you're not missing a goddamn thing. Unless you want to watch an old fat Boba Fett just sit on a throne for like 10 episodes. Why didn't they call it that? Ah, It was a little too long. (laughs) Just bad marketing, you know? Old fat Boba Fett. I would watch that. (laughs) Yeah, I would too. Uh, Here's the head. Oh, yeah, this is your guy. This is your favorite guy. Go pop around, give him a scare. Oh, shit. (laughs) All right, on on to our second feature here. I cannot wait to see what your bullet points are for this film. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> second feature in the 80s here, we're on to 1988's The Blob, mm. directed by Chuck Russell. When it comes to entertainment, 
you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. The USA Today said what millions of terrified moviegoers are thinking. There should now be an entry in every home fix-it manual. Never plunge the blob. The blob. Rated R. Take the plunge. Now playing at a theater near you. Who is not a murderer. <laughs> Famously... Allegedly. Has not killed anybody. <laughs> um, I find the Blob remake to be just a, a hidden gem. It doesn't get talked about a lot. Um, and it's kind of overshadowed by, you know, the thing and the fly. Yeah. Of like special effects heavy remakes. I think the Blob is amazing and better than the original. Yeah, I, I've never seen the original. Oh, really? Yeah, but uh, it's fun. But it's like it's fifties campy sci-fi bullshit. Yeah, Steve McQueen, at like okay, he's like thirty years old playing a teenager. I need to. See- <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty fun. Um, Everybody smoked. It didn't matter. Yeah, exactly. Um, this this one's an even quicker plot crunch here because it. It's a simple story of a comet falling to Earth, found by a bum, <laughs> and then the comet spits a bunch of pink goo onto onto this dude, and it eats him, and then it gets bigger, and it eats the city. Yep. That's the movie. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As I was watching it, I'm like, oh, it's just like, this happens, and then this happens. It's like, it's, it, once the blob's on the loose, it's just one big chase. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's only like 95 minutes long, so you're you're in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, co-written by Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont. Yes, who's everywhere in uh, the 80s. You know, Shawshank Redemption and, and The Mist. These guys worked on Dream Warriors, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. There it is. The second best of the series. <laughs> For more Frank Darabont, listen to our episode on The Mist. Episode 70. Yeah, that's right. I looked up the episode number. Check it out. Check it out. It's a good one. Great thing about the script for The Blob is that it does a really good job of, like, misdirecting expectations, especially if you've seen the original. The 50s version, pretty iconic, pretty well known. But the the remake, which your 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 buddy used to work with at the haunted house, would hate this because it- <laughs> um, yeah. the... The main character in this film, who you think is going to be the jock, yep, gets he, killed first, and I love it. Yeah, I, yeah, and he has a great death. Yes, he does. The 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 blob getting pulled across his face. It's the dude from the poster. It's the boy. You love that boy. That boy getting killed. <laughs> yeah, nothing like it. And then his arm gets ripped out. It's disgusting. I love it. <laughs> um, so the original came out in 1958. Yeah. The the remake was in 88, so it was 30 years later. Yeah. Exactly. How the and the, how could, the times have changed. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they kill off your, like, Steve McQueen lead. They 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 kill off the, the cop that you think you're going to be following, Jeff DeMunn. They kill off his love interest in just a beautiful, spectacular fashion. Yeah. Um, they kill off a kid in this movie. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it really, like... Let's you know that like nobody's off limits. Yeah. 
Every, um, everybody could die. Yeah. The effects are great. You get a lot of like matte paintings and, and miniatures. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of like gravity gags to it. Like, like they would build things upside down and just let it drop. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just uh, letting, letting the, the world of physics do its thing. The scene when you get the shot in the phone booth outside mm. and Jeff DeMunn's gross head Fuck. floats by, that's in an underwater chamber. So it gets that floatiness to it. Wow. Yeah. It's and it's so fucking scary. Like she hears on the phone, like yeah. she went to the di- he went to the diner and she's like, Oh no, he's close by. And then you see him yeah. in the blob having been eaten. Um fucking terrifying. The shot overhead of the blob crushing the phone booth. Mm-hmm. That's a doll. It's like a puppet. Okay. Um, and you can't really tell. And it's like it seems it's like it's slow brutal. motion. Yeah, right? It's just it super... It looks so painful. It looks super... Yeah, <laughs> like, it's visceral. Yeah. I think the sink kill alone makes the film worth watching. Oh my God, yes. Uh, yeah, head first into the drain. So good. Just blood popping out. The actual pipes, like, bursting outward. Yep, yep. There's something about, like... And then the general at the end... Yeah. Or the colonel or whatever. Yeah. Colonel General. Colonel General (laughs) Meadows. Yeah. Um, He's getting sucked down into the sewer and as as he's holding on to like an M16 and he gets, the gun snaps. Yeah. There's something about getting sucked into something like that. (laughs) It really does it for you? It really is like, oh, fuck. That's just (laughs) fucking brutal. It's like, it's just like that kid in the raft where he gets sucked through the raft. Pulled through the leg pops up. It's disgusting. (laughs) No one should be able to kick themselves in the face like that. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty much my breakdown of the blob. It's like quick and easy. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of saying something about, you know, like the death of the small town and maybe something about like Reaganomics, the end of that like Rockwellian era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's more cynical of a movie. Yes. As far as like, don't trust the government. Right, which, I mean, it gets into that, too, because it, it does that little twist of, like, the original, it's a comet mm-hmm. that bursts. Meteor shit. Meteor shit. <laughs> and, and in this one, you find out that it's a it's a satellite that the government made yeah. that comes crashing to Earth. That mutated because of space radiation. Yeah, so it's almost playing in that, like, Reagan Star Wars program yeah. going wrong, you know? And it plays off the that distrust of the government, which we were very much feeling in the 80s. Yeah. So this movie has a 6.6 Jesus out God. of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> yeah. A 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 3.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. And I'm going to attribute those low scores to the face of Kevin Dillon. That's fair. And his mullet. And his mullet. His beautiful, beautiful mullet. I propose <laughs> yeah. that we remake this film again by, what's that? Make it again? Remake yeah, it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With... Uh, just green screening Epion Five into the, oh. into the role of Kevin Dillon, like an Andy Circus. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do a full Andy Circus. Yeah, we'll superimpose him. Um, both this and American Werewolf, I gave a four point five on the letterbox. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I think I think uh, the E Five would uh, would be an upgrade for this film. Uh, of course. We're doing that after Miller and I re-record all of the dialogue in Ghostbusters using the voice of David Lynch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
that's uh I think you could pepper some lynch into the blob too. <laughs> you know. Uh Bill Mosley shows up in this briefly. He's one of the he's the the scientist dude in the um in the sewer. Bill Mo Oh, okay. Chop Top himself from Texas Chainsaw 2. Oh shit. Yeah. And in That's a deep cut. I don't know, every Rob Zombie movie, I guess. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Shawnee Smith, who, yeah. um... Of Becker fame. Of Becker, indeed. <laughs> Y'all remember Becker. She, before Becker, she, she, her name clogged my 28K modem with web searches, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, I was on the, I was on the Smith train before Becker, man, I'll tell yeah. you what. I think the effects hold up. Oh, yeah, I big think time. There's, I mean, maybe a, a, they didn't have green screen at this time. There was it was blue screen. Yes, and there may be a blue screen shot here or there that's a yeah, little they, rough. But they didn't know that green wasn't a color back in no. eighty eight. <laughs> they didn't discover that until ninety two. That's right. And boy, and the and the and then the Matrix happened, and yeah. the, the green just oversaturated yeah. the market. It, well, that was a color joke, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's racist. Uh, do you uh, do you know much about the effects crew on the Blob? Because I don't. Um, not a ton. Um, I forget the name of the guy who who was like the head of the effects, but he was on the commentary that I listened to, and I don't know. It's it's always it's not fun to listen to to you know artistic people talk <laughs> about shit that they made in the eighties because they're they're constantly just judging it. So there's a lot of him on the commentary being like. Yeah, it doesn't look very good. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. It looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there's like, shut up, take the compliment, move on. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, from in the blob, it's progression going from, you know, just the little blob to the bigger blob. <laughs> yes. These are technical terms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They do a great job at like doing that, that progression and the growth and, um, uh, I'm, I'm curious to why they picked the pink because like, pink in the original was it yeah it was color in the original oh yeah 58 hell yeah leading the way <laughs> well i mean wizard of oz came out in 38 yeah. <laughs> before my time yeah so but you did notice there was no green in it though because you know no green yeah 92 no great year for green which is weird because wall street was a, such a big film in the <laughs> 80s and uh uh, I think that's where the actual color came from, from Wall Street. Okay. Because he's like, you're, you know, painting me green with envy, you know, and they were like, we're going to need a color to go along with that phrase, <laughs> with that name. Do you think, do you think the use of cocaine maybe have uh, enhanced our vision to where we were then finally? That's when we found green. That's when, yeah. Probably. We could, could finally hear and see. Yeah. I feel like they the were really green. pushing the boundaries with LSD back in the seventies. You mm. know, that's when we found purple. Um, <laughs> But cocaine, you know, why, you know, they were, they were rolling up all these dollar, you know, these hundred dollar bills to snort up all their cocaine. And they were like, what if the color on this money was more vibrant? <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah. Just open your mind up real wide and say, what if? Yeah. This money. Like what color is this? What wasn't call just, this? <laughs> just wasn't just gray. Yeah. And lifeless. Yeah. So the, 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 the movie starts out, there's a crane shot from goes from a cemetery yeah. to the football game. Yeah, well it, it 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 plays on that like death of a small town 
Rockwellian thing of like totally does, doesn't it? Of like I was just gonna say, if your football team is playing directly next to a cemetery, it's not. It doesn't mean your football team is is doing very well. Like it's uh, not. Maybe maybe their mascot is the tombstone. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean. Look, I don't want to get too regional or anything, but uh, there's a town not too far from us, uh, Martinsville, and their high school mascot is a well. <laughs> so that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you know much about architecture, but that is literally just a pile of rocks <laughs> with a bucket attached to it. <laughs> poor dumb bastards. Yeah. Um. So, do you think Epion Five would be comfortable? <laughs> Being a bad boy, drinking, smoking, wearing wearing a leather jacket, and trying to take his motorbike off of sweet jumps. Um, I know he's more of a Vespa guy than a motorcycle guy, but even better. Yeah, and he did just start drinking beer recently, so it, life is looking up for this. Man. Yeah, I think it's a possibility. Okay, okay. He recently discovered Coors Banquet, which is very exciting. <laughs> In much the way that Columbus discovered America. <laughs> yeah, which is to say that he he basically hit a rock and was like, yeah, this is probably India. This, <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a good time. Yeah. So I, I like how the friendly hobo gives gives uh, Kevin Dillon applause when he eats shit on his motor, motorbike. Yeah. And, yeah. and then steals his course banquet can. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then proceeds to crush it with a cast iron skillet. I think it's a pretty good method that he wears as a shoe, which is, is, um, I mean, that doesn't all happen in the original, but it is, it is a bum (laughs) that gets eaten by the blob first, Hmm. but they do uh, reverse photography as you would. Yeah. The, the original blob is more like, uh, it's like, it's like borax slime. Like it's, (laughs) it doesn't look as cool as, as the remake. Does it look like, uh, baking soda and yeah, but it's like, it's like jello. It's like translucent. Okay. Um, so there's a convention that happens every year. I forget where it's like outside Philly where they do uh, this show called the blob fest, which is just a, it's a blob convention. It's a little horror show. And there's a guy. Why Philly? That's where the original was shot. It's okay. like outside of Philly. It's like a suburb of Philly. Okay. There's a guy, I don't know his name. There's a guy who's called the, the keeper of the blob. Mm-hmm. So this is one dude who actually has a piece of the original 50s goo from the blob. He's going to unleash it back on the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, In the original film, there's a scene where, you know, the blob attacks a movie theater and everybody runs out of the movie theater screaming and they do a recreation of it every year. Oh, wow. Watch the blob in the the colonial, (laughs) the name of the original theater. I kind of wish that the remake used the colonial theater because it's like a really cool yeah old school kind of theater i i gotta say that the theater that they did use one of the things my adult brain didn't compute was like them finding the emergency exit in that theater and then it just it's into it's an emergency exit into a dead end yeah like that's not up to code whatsoever (laughs) not at all (laughs) no who yeah somebody fell down on the job there well that's why this town's going to shit you know (laughs) The zoning committee this alone. This town is a death trap. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there one door that they try that's like chained? It's too? chained. One and of it's the emer- an exit. Is, yes. Yeah. It's chained and... These fucking monsters. Dude. Uh, what was the movie? The, the Garden Tool Massacre? Yes. That's... Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Good time there. 
Do you think Elmer Bernstein scored the garden tool massacre? <laughs> <laughs> he did using only garden tools. Oh, so talented! He's, he's a talented so man. Talented. Um, my favorite line in the blob is Kevin, don't eat with your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, the mother to the child. I, the great, the great scene that, uh, Chuck Russell claims was, a was a real story from a, from a kid that he went to school with, which is always the like, yeah, it's, that's like a legend. That's not a real thing is the, the ribbed scene. Yes. <laughs> he, he. Claims that he went to school with with some some kid that bought some prophylactics at the local pharmacy and then went went to the house to meet the girl's father and turns out that guy worked at the pharmacy where he bought the the condoms. The father just like ribbed. <laughs> it's so. It's like. I mean, if if I was the the daughter at that point, I'd be like, what the fuck yeah, is happening right, right now <laughs> uh yeah he just drops the word ribbed and lets it hang in the room yeah this like look i don't want to call him a discount eugene levy but oh. <laughs> but he's got some real eugene levy vibes absolutely good casting on his part yeah i like i yeah i'm sure they got a deal <laughs> they got a deal <laughs> Yeah, you get him and catering. It's uh, <laughs> it's a two for one deal. The the craft the the craft cart is is more than just slices of American cheese. That's which is all I think about when I hear craft services. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, is it just spelling, a table you're it with a K every time? Yes. Oh, gotcha. It's just full of cheese. Yeah. Just all in individual plastic packages. I'm like, that's yeah. I'm I'd lose weight on that diet. Well, it's also tough because, you know, cameras are rolling and you can't be making sound. And I don't know if you've ever tried to stealth remove the plastic from a cheese slice. That shit ain't easy, man. It can't be done. <laughs> I tried it. Uh, I love that the uh, fact that the, uh, the 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 guy who's supposed to be the hero, the hero is eat, eaten. God yeah. damn it. That yeah. whole sentence. I no, you up. nailed it. You got it, man. You're a professional. <laughs> and then in the following scene, his dickhead friend is also eaten. Yeah. As he's trying to feel up Erica Olenyak. Yeah. That dude is, I mean, look, he's skeezy. He's kind of a rapist, but boy, is he charming. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a full bar in his trunk. Yeah. With, with the multiple senior rings that he gives out oh to girls. God. Yes. Yeah. Which I saw... And then I saw it on her neck, and I, it, it took me that long to put the whole thing oh, together. Yeah, kind of reminds me of uh, Clint Howard's character in Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> like just kind of skeezy, trying to get with girls as much as he can. What's up, ladies? I do appreciate that he did have a Fred name tag on his on his shirt. That was pretty great. <laughs> Mister Swinging Good Times is here. <laughs> uh, or he he also reminds me of the. Uh, Crispin Glover's friend in uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Four, Teddy, who's on typing on the fake typewriter. <laughs> He's like, "You're a dead fuck." <laughs> With friends like these, yeah, I swear, yeah. Um, it's a real bummer that I missed the '80s for the most part. You know, I feel like I really, really could have shined. You know, <laughs> I, I think you're. I think you're the uh, the uh, expected outcome yeah. yeah of 
of that decade. I peaked in 99. <laughs> Same with green, you know, with the Matrix. Indeed. Yeah. For me, sixth grade baseball. Oh, yeah? That was it. Just a lot of like these, a lot of these, a lot of taking pictures, a lot you of know? poses. Yeah. Last time I made contact with the ball. Oh, well. Um, Depends on the ball. <laughs> hey, oh. <laughs> so the waitress, she, yeah. she gets trapped in the phone booth. Yeah, it makes a mean sandwich, man. It makes, uh, it's just, it, I mean, th- that's, so between the, the, the jocks getting killed, yeah, and then the diner kills. Like that's when my, you know, childhood brain was just like completely melted. <laughs> I was like, "Oh fuck, everybody's right. in trouble." Yeah, this is fucking danger all over. If Sheriff Eyebrows gets it, then oh, nobody's safe. Right, Jeffrey Demun, the great <laughs> Jeffrey Demun, who was uh, he was on uh, The Walking Dead. He was, which was show run by Frank Darabont, who wrote. The blob. <laughs> you had to find the bell for a second there. <laughs> I don't know. Fun little little movie making bullshit. Uh, the diner is obviously a set. Everything outside of it is like I think it's quarter scale miniatures. Hmm. So everything outside the windows is miniatures. Oh, so they didn't have to build a set. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's clever. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's what I learned from the commentary track. <laughs> Moderated by the great Joe Lynch. The more you know. Yeah. I should really come up with some more movies that Joe Lynch has done. I'm going to be, I've said his name a couple of times and I feel like a real, a real, just a real boob not knowing some of his movies here. Do you have any personal feelings about the projectionist scene <laughs> as in the blob? Um, yeah. As a former projectionist. Yeah. In, indeed. I feel for him, man. Yeah. Really do. Poor bastard. Poor bastard. Um, he can't get no heat up in there or air conditioning. I took a lot of naps in the projection booth back in the day. Was it warm? Yeah, it wasn't bad. So we had like a separate room where we kept all the film trailers in. Mm-hmm. They were just like, they were like pegs, you know, that you keep like action figures on is like that kind of peg board. Okay. And we would just rack all the trailers. So it was a small room. I had a blanket. I had a pillow. It was and it could get like pitch black in there. It was awesome, man. Wow. Yeah. Why did you leave? Great question. Because it all went to digital. <laughs> so I got, I got goddamn robots took my goddamn job. Fucking the color green comes around. Yeah. Kermit Kermit is all of a sudden like in Technicolor and your job is gone. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, we didn't have like a good like, there wasn't like a good like chair to nap in. So I would take, there was like a work desk up there that I would just lay a blanket on and a pillow and put the walkie next to my head. So in case something went wrong, I would, oh, uh, stank and, you know, <laughs> go to work. <laughs> Who's, what's it? Yeah. Hoobastank. Uh, Joe Lynch, who moderated the, the commentary. I need to come up with some movies here for you. So, it, so I don't feel like such a ding dong. Um, he did wrong turn two and he did mayhem, which is on shutter with, uh, Steven Jung. Wrong Turn 2. Yeah, he did Wrong Turn 2, which I believe has Henry Rollins in it. I'm missing out. You really are. I I haven't even seen Wrong Turn 1. You're not missing out. (laughs) (laughs) I actually just watched the remake of Wrong Turn the other day, and it was terrible. (laughs) But he did tell, uh, Joe Lynch did tell a a really good story about, because he saw the movie in 88. I think he was like 12 years old. When he saw it in the theater and he said when the projectionist scene happens and the, the, the 
the goo starts coming out of the projection booth, yeah. everybody in the theater turned around yeah. and looked back at the oh, wow. <laughs> at the projection booth. Wow, yeah. And that's... it was like that moment where he was like, that's when I realized like the power of film. Right. Like it could command all these people in this room to <laughs> check and see if an alien's popping out behind them. Did you did you play were you in the theater for the run of Fight Club? Did I work at the theater? Yeah. No. No. A lot of a lot of projectionists had um, oh. complaints about that movie because of the Really? The yeah, it comes well, it looks like it comes off the sprockets at oh. several points. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, people were like, I, I think I think something's fucking up. Right. Joe Lynch. Yeah. Is I, I'm completely unfamiliar with this person. Uh, he does horror movies. He works with Adam Green a lot, who did the Hatchet series. Okay. You Victor Crowley's. They did a TV series together called Holliston. Good lord, man. Yeah. Which D. Snyder plays uh plays their boss on the show. <laughs> with with good or bad dental work? Great dental work. Okay. <laughs> D. Snyder in the show. Like the the two of them work at a public access, like TV station. Yeah. And they have a, a show called The Movie Crypt where they just talk about horror movies. And D. Snyder plays the the boss of the uh the station. But he's fully D. Snyder. Like he's dressed as a woman, basically. Okay. And um a lot of the series is is very ambiguous if like D. Snyder wants to fuck Joe Lynch or not. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of playing himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's constantly hooking up with, like, I don't think you see a lot of the people that D. Snyder's hooking up with on the show, but they all have very ambiguous names. <laughs> like Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Joey. You know. Billy. Yeah. With, with an I-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good show. It's a nice little series. Uh, in the series, Adam Green is, like, kind of the main character. And his, um, he has, like, a invisible friend that follows him around and gives him advice and it's dave brocky from guar playing his character in guar <laughs> i like it yeah it's a good series check it out it's on shutter who's the uh who's the the sponsor for this episode i haven't had any sponsors in a while why has anyone contacted you no. i haven't heard from hard on jeans in quite a while oh no yeah they might have dropped us at Damn this point it. We're, we're going to have to get them on the horn. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could plug my buddy's uh, Halloween blood. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, goes, he goes by the name Bad Blood. Okay. Um, like on Instagram? Uh, I think it's on Instagram. Just on he's, a corner? You I just think gotta find him? <laughs> he's out there. Yeah. He's out there in the, on, the, in, in, on the West Coast. Bad Blood Halloween blood. I think, I think he goes by Cutthroat Studios on Instagram. Mm. But... I, maybe if you Google Bad Blood, yeah. you, you could get some. It's good stuff. Do you have a jingle? Oh, that's, that's just on the poster. It's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> you try it. it You'll like it. I swear. Wow. I, oh, my God. <laughs> the passion. <laughs> it's blood. It's like real. <laughs> so, no, it's been used on um, freaking Grey's Anatomy. and Oh, Freaking all sorts of low budget horror movies and huh. album covers and music videos and, and his whole thing is blood. That's it. He makes he makes like coagulated blood. He makes oh. plasma. He makes dark red blood, light dried, red, dried blood, dried blood. 
He makes all the blood. You're quickly turning this into some like Forrest Gump shrimp bit. <laughs> <laughs> he makes Szechuan blood. Yeah, and you know how I feel about Forrest Gump. <laughs> fucking hate it man um it's like a shittier version of sling blade <laughs> <laughs> i would like to remake forrest gump and then halfway through it turns into american werewolf <laughs> yeah then it would be i've always said that um more movies would be better if they ended with uh with michael jackson uh werewolf cat eyes <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah um i don't think i have a whole lot more here like little baby Little baby Haley Joel Osment Forrest Gump gets on that bus and the he's feather floats the, away. He's got the cat eyes. And then, <laughs> and then Tom Hanks just turns the camera and he, and he has <laughs> werewolf cat eyes. <laughs> and then Vincent Price laughs. <laughs> Speaking of which, the scene when David transforms in the porno theater and his hand is on the the chair and you see the gross fingernails come through his hand. Yeah. That same appliance was used for thriller. Wow. Cause known manslaughter or John Landis also directed thriller. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. No, it's, I mean that part's proven. Oh yes. I'm not saying murderer. I'm saying manslaughterer. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm cutting him a break. <laughs> Splitting some werewolf hairs. There. Exactly. Exactly. Which are very coarse. <laughs> So it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. My least favorite line in the blob. Yes. Is after the snow machine blows up. Yeah. And the blob gets frozen. Kevin Dillon says, what a rush. Why do you hate that so much? I think you just hate Kevin Dillon. I do. I think. <laughs> okay. It's not a hidden thing. I just want to punch his face. Yeah. He has a very punchable face. That's why I want to re redo it. I like the part when, uh, when the government like rounds him up and puts him in a, in a truck. Mm hmm. And then he's like, fuck this, and just jumps out the back yes. of it, leaving Shawnee Smith to, like, fend for herself. He literally bails. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I love it. All right, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, it's like that scene in Evil Dead when uh, when Ash is like, we need to get Linda out of here. And Scotty's like, that's your fucking girlfriend. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and then just walks into the woods. Good luck. Yeah. Fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like, um, I don't know, the Blob's not a super amazing, noteworthy, gonna change your life kind of film. It's good special effects. It's fun. A kid dies in it. <laughs> check yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> they, Joe Bob says, check it out. The kid you want to see die, dies in the movie. So, yeah, yeah. Like, it, I'd be fine with both of them, honestly. That, that gets me to 7 out of 10 right there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you can fill out a couple more stars just... Just for from effect, special effects, effects, yeah. casting, Shawnee Smith, <clears throat> who I know you got a thing for. Yeah, man. Watch out. <laughs> what else was she in? Set my modems on fire. Pre, pre Becker. What, what was her thing? What, what got her on that modem? It was the blob, man. It was the blob. That was all, the only thing I knew her from. Oh, okay. Um, and it was later on that she was in the Saw movies. Yeah. Which I never saw. I see what she did there. Yeah. Yeah. Not a one. Not a one. There's like 20 of those fucking I know, movies. I've missed all of them. You didn't miss anything. Oh, shit. Um, I've seen, I think, all of them. They are that memorable. Can't remember if if I did see all of them. Okay. No, I saw the first one and second one in theaters, which she's in. I've yeah. met her before. What's it like? She smells great. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, does that mean she smells like hot dogs or, or something more like floral? 
Yeah, like uh, like lavender hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, I am rigid, ribbed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Is that it? I'm feeling pretty good. You got any good little little hidden gems, little standouts in the '80s, horror wise that you wanna you wanna hmm. pop in here? Well, I mean, there's a lot of '80s horror. There's a lot of slashers. There was there was a television series that Rick Baker did the effects for, I believe. Well after the American Werewolf. Yeah. And I think it was just called Werewolf. Oh, yeah. It, w- it went for like one season. And it was on late at night, and I watched it whenever I could. It was like super like adult. Yeah. And I shouldn't have been watching it as a kid. <laughs> um, but, it had a DVD release. But the werewolves were fucking... Those, were, those are the quintessential werewolves in my brain. This is a question I have for you, actually, about werewolves. Okay. Are you a, a wolf style or like a bipedal werewolf? Oh, man? as far as... So I guess that boils down to: Are you an American werewolf style wolf or a or a howling? That's not really the line I draw in my brain, but I like the I like the question. <laughs> Thank you. The, Thank the, you. The, the I method, spent a lot of time thinking about it. The I, I of, just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> the method of locomotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, ideally, and to me, they will do both. Oh, okay. So like, if you wanted quicker traversal, you could drop down on the haunches. Yep. It's yeah, like yeah. this perfect mix of like wolf and human has that ever happened in a film though um, i mean i'm sure in the cg you know computer generated era we've probably seen some wolf drop down on the haunches probably probably in the um but like in the howling they could not pull that shit off no no but yeah it may have happened in the in that benicio del toro wolfman remake i was th- what was the one with selena the vampire <laughs> what <laughs> you know selena the mexican pop goddess <laughs> No, I'm kidding. No, no I don't. No, Selena, no it's, uh, it's Kate Beckinsale. And yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Underworld. Under, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never saw those. Uh, we should do a, like a were- no. werewolf movie called Underwear. Oh. And it's, n- never mind. <laughs> um, no, there was, a, there was a bad 80s werewolf movie with Mariel Hemingway. Okay. That I think that werewolf might have done both. Oh, Bad effects, though. Yeah. Not as long of a snout as I would mm, like to see on a werewolf. Sure, certainly. I like the longer snouts. I do, too. I don't like the stub... Uh, the, the Lon Chaney werewolf... Or wolf. See, that's the difference. There's the a werewolf... Wolf, a wolf man. And a wolf man. Yeah. That's the line that I draw in my brain. Right. Like, I don't care how they get around. We came into this podcast as wolf boys, and we exited as wolf men. How? <laughs> 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 You know, I prefer the transformation in American Werewolf, but I don't prefer that that werewolf. I don't like the 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 quadrupedal. Oh, okay. Style uh, wolf wolf. You want it up? I like the bi the biped. You want it upright? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think my personal favorite werewolf is uh, Dog Soldiers. Uh, I haven't seen it. It's good. I've heard good really things. Good. That's uh, my favorite design. Um, for a werewolf. So does that mean you like upright pianos more than the? Classical style. Same applies to basses as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly. You don't like those lap basses. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I love an upright bass. I've got to have the upright bass. Yeah. Well, they show up in a lot of ska bands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've, we've derailed this podcast for the last time. It never Captain got. It, <laughs> it never got on the rails. No, no, no. All right. Let's kill this thing. Let's go talk to some dogs outside. See what they're all about. Oh, yeah. All right, it's done.
thanks again to Mr. Hazard for joining on the show to talk about 80s horror. Follow him on Instagram at Johnny B. Hazard or just search Johnny B. Hazard Tattoos. Uh, if you're in the Indianapolis area, uh, keep an eye on his Instagram for when his books open up again. And I think he's launching a podcast possibly soonish. I think he's banking episodes right now, so keep an eye out for that. I've already recorded some stuff with him there. If you want to follow the show, you can follow it at Electric Monster Pod on Instagram. Or you can follow myself at AeroSoulPro, A-E-R-O-S-O-U-L-P-R-O. I've got one more show for 2022. Uh, It's a two-day show, Indianapolis, Fanboy Expo, November 12th and 13th. Just a two-day show. It's a little sci-fi convention. Spread the show to, you know, fans of the genre. And thanks for listening, guys. Next week is the 90s. Ha 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 